Happy Almost St. Patrick's Day. Welcome to More Than Athletes Live. I'm your, one of your co-hosts, Colleen Flaherty, Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist and Creator of Awakened Athlete. This show is live, so call us at 347-989-1286 or join the live chat to ask us your questions or to simply chat with us because we'd love to hear from you. The purpose of this show, if you're new, is to empower athletes, parents, and coaches to make healthier, more holistic choices for the longevity and health of youth athletes. I tore both my ACLs as a teenage athlete, and in a few words, it ruined me. And as an already, you know, sensitive teenager trying to establish my sense of identity and independence and confidence in this world, Uh, taking away the one thing where I truly felt indomitable broke me in more ways than I could comprehend as a young person. So without the safe and supportive guidance from an adult to bring light to that darkness, it took me until about my mid-20s to really start the healing process. And now as a 28-year-old, I have this incredible experience in this process so I can authentically empower other athletes in this journey as well. Because so many, you know, I hear from physical therapists and coaches how athletes who have these traumatic injuries, you know, can't move forward, um, you know, in physical therapy or getting back into their sport, you know, 100% because they have certain fears holding them back or, you know, depression, loss of purpose or identity is huge, um, might be just holding them back and they need ways to process and move through it. So Awakened Athlete changes the way we support athletes by educating them and their parents and their coaches on what they need to thrive through not only sport but life. So find out more about what we have going on at awakenedathlete.co. Sierra Weiss is my co-host, and she is a creative arts therapist, and she is unable to join us for this one-day prior recording. My Sunday is ridiculously busy as I'm participating in the Lululemon Sweat Crawl, and that's where we basically uh, hop from fitness facility to the next and take classes and really get to experience all that Rochester community has to offer. You can find more about that at the Lululemon Rochester Facebook page. Um, It'll be a super fun time to meet and mingle and get your sweat on. So Brenda Stefan is back with us, and I'm so excited because our last episode was brilliant. And if you haven't listened to it, go to our episode page and listen. It is filled with so many insights. We're going to go over a couple of the strongest points here before we start this episode, but you definitely need to get like the full experience by listening to it. Um, so to introduce Brenda, she is a woman who will always be there, you know, for me. Um, you know, she's been there ready to like listen and offer up like these most amazing insights and ask me, you know, the good questions from an authentic and very loving place, which is actually a new business venture for her, which I don't know if she'll want to tell us more about that in a minute when she gets a chance, but she also ignites the dance floor as a professional belly dancer and dance instructor 
who creates a really safe and warm atmosphere for us as the dancers, and I'm awkward, um, to explore this very, you know, personal and emotional style of dancing. And she is also about to launch her new online magazine, Get Real, which I am a contributing writer for, and I'm so pumped and grateful to be um, involved in this opportunity for this amazing, empowering movement. So you guys can find out more at brendastefan.com. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you. Wow. That was so, I'm just going to soak that in. That was an amazing intro for all for all three of you. <laughs> for all three of us, I should say. Thank awesome. You. Love it. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about you in your own words? Uh, I was like, wow, see, I, I'm going to hire you for my PR, man. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Just add one more thing to my, my resume. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm a transformational life coach. I specialize in assisting women to get real with themselves. And these, um, you know, women will say, well, you know, I... I just want to change something about my lifestyle. Maybe it's my health, maybe it's my job, maybe it's their um, uh, relationships. But really what shows up in our conversation and what I really create a safe space for women to explore all the obstacles, all the fears, all of the um, BS (laughs) in the PG-13 world here, or PG-17, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> all the BS that gets in the middle of that. So women come through that having the coping skills and the uh, perspective and the awareness to be able to navigate these um, shifting sands of life and to really feel empowered from their source, like from their bones. And um, through that, it's, it, it produces a state of bliss, like a really wonderful you know, you can you can do it. You can handle anything that's thrown your way, and you can accomplish anything. So that's that's my magic. <laughs> Woo! And it you know it shined through in our last episode. So I'm just so um, thrilled to have you back. And I've been like waiting. I've been like, okay, wait, hold on. It's March. Okay, Brenda's coming back on. Awesome. <laughs> like I've been just waiting for this second episode, and hopefully there'll be more in the future that we can plan. But Um, I'm excited to follow up with this first um, episode that we talked about. And I have my show notes, so I just briefly wanted to go through, um, you know, and preface this episode so that our listeners Mm -hmm. weren't, like, completely lost as to what we were talking about or why we were talking about it. Um, Love it. So to start us off, we, we started the last conversation talking about the difference between intention versus expectation and how this can really, like, diminish our effort as uh, people, not just athletes, when we go into something with the intention of effort versus the expectation of doing well or scoring the goal or winning the game. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you want to add a little bit to this? Yeah, so that sense of having uh, not only intention and expectation, but taking it into where is your mindset. So pulling from um, an author here whose book is called Mindset is is that whole concept of a fixed mindset, which is only one path forward and no flexibility, and it's what you come into this world with is what you get. 
And that is kind of what an expectation can it can fit in very easily versus an intention is with the growth mindset. And this is where you're in the constant state of learning, of obtaining wisdom through experience and process, processing that in a in a in a manner of which it expels you. It doesn't set you back. So that's where intention would line. <laughs> right. And we said that that fixed mindset and, you know, um, that very, like, stuck or, like, focused, no wiggle room mindset was, if we thought about John McEnroe, the tennis player, versus mm-hmm. the um, the mindset of both a Mia Ham, so mm-hmm. or and like a uh, Troy Panamalo, I can't ever say his last name. Um, right, Palomalo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and how you know they are fully showing up, and they are you can just tell they have this um, this essence about them where they're open and they're open to discovery. And as a coach, like I don't care. You know, it's usually my first conversation with parents is um, before even tryouts begin is I don't care if your daughter is the best soccer player. If she's not open to coaching and to learning, I'll cut her from my team because Mm -hmm. I don't want someone on the team that has that type of attitude where they think they're the best. No one can tell them what to do. Um, they're going to do it their way, and they're going to put teammates down at the same time because they're not at their perceived skill level. Like nobody, mm-hmm. no coach wants an athlete who's not coachable. So right, I for mm-hmm. me from that perspective, like this fits so in line. Like if you want to go far, like you're going to have to adapt this growth mindset because people will then want you on their their team or want you at their collegiate D1 or D2 or D3 school. Like, you will be embraced for that. Mm-hmm. And it's how we uh, give our feedback, too, as well, to promote the growth mindset. So uh, our feedback as coaches or parents or mentors or guides also needs to reflect that learning process versus rewarding the physical asset or label of that person, such as, you know, if, um, you know, as a dancer, if you have great feet, you know, as a ballet dancer, you may ha- you have to have a great point. And so people look at your feet and your legs. How are our feet? Does she have great feet? Does she point? And then it becomes the conversation rewarded for your feet versus rewarded for the time that you take to stretch to maybe uh, perfect that point through lengthening strength training or flexibility training. So our our feedback to our um, directed student or, or a team member or whoever that would be needs to also be in the growth mindset. How are we building up the yeah. learning process? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that because that is something – that I'm constantly having, you know, conversations with parents about is, um, and one of my goals is to educate coaches as well on many different levels from, you know, what's a proper dynamic warm-up to what's proper injury prevention training for your team. And, you know, how are you, you know, what are you saying to your athletes to create that safe atmosphere and that really positive um, atmosphere, and that's going to be that's going to come down to their their mindset. Like, are they rewarding all their players for how hard they kicked the ball and all the 
goals that they scored or how fast they swam? Or is it like, wow, you really, like, took that stressful situation in stride and look how you overcame it um, mm-hmm. and how do you feel mm-hmm. about it type. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, the, second, the second thing we um, touched on was cross-training your passion to own the fullness of your physical range. And that was one of the quotes that I had from you. And this kind of led into the conversation of the more you expand and integrate different forms of either movement or, um, you know, mindset, like the the more well-rounded you're going to be, like that cross-training mm-hmm. um, to really own the not only physical range but your, like, mindset range. Like, you can do anything you want, but if you have a limiting belief about yourself, you know, you're not going to be able to go as far. Absolutely. I, You know, I just came back from this, this vacation in Costa Rica, and it was a quasi-adventure vacation, mainly yoga, but we were by the Pacific Ocean, and so we were down in a part of uh, the west coast of Costa Rica where the surfing is pretty pretty damn good. <laughs> and... Uh, mm-hmm though we didn't get an opportunity to go out and surf due to um, some of the wave action, it wasn't uh, conducive for beginners. It was still like such an exhilarating feeling to know that I was going to, you know, this is something I will be do in my life in the near future, but it was exhilarating to feel like I was going to get on top of a board and I was going to ride a wave, you know. Um, we did yoga up there. And so doing different types of yoga, I found I really fell in love with yin-style yoga, uh, which is holding a pose for a longer time period versus more of a linear ashtanga style. Uh, hiking, mm-hmm. you know, so being in a, I mean, literally I don't even know what grade this was, but like if it was a 10, I would be like, that's the low side. <laughs> and, you know, it was pretty intense when you have to be in the back of a four-wheel drive bus holding it down to make sure you don't go off the cliff. I mean, exciting, but, you know, (laughs) very steep hills. And I came back so refreshed and so renewed in my own endeavors here because of that. I I gave my body a complete alternative lifestyle of how I move it. And um, and it, it really brought to the surface this conversation of, like, if I did the same thing every day or you do the same thing, Colleen, every day, your body gets used to it and it's not giving mm-hmm. it its vitality. You're not making things fire in a different way and testing new ways to move. So absolutely, specialization, even if it's just sometimes chilling out and um, sitting by the pool, that's <laughs> a great thing yeah. to do to give your body some time. Yeah, absolutely. I. I couldn't agree more with that, you know, and so I haven't been doing yoga in so long in the new year. I started at um, Nova Strength, which is primarily CrossFit-based with, like, a lot of strength training intermixed in there, which is awesome. So it's new for me, but I was like, man, I haven't been to yoga, and I went to my first yoga class last week um, for the first time since December 2014, and I was like, oh, man, I slipped and missed this, and because you are, you're challenging your body in such a different way, and you're like, oh, can I hold this downward dog for three minutes? Uh, but I can, like, lift a barbell of, you know, 70 <laughs> pounds over my head. But it's so different, totally different muscles, like you're saying, and different mindset of um, being in that moment. Yeah. 
And curious to know, like, I, I know what I was feeling when I was in the yin yoga class and holding that pose. And, you know, people kind of associate yin yoga with more restorative, but it's really active, mm-hmm. um, active poses because it's the internal conversation that's spinning. And, I, and you just started mentioning it with, like, you know, you can bench press and put something over your head. That's probably what I couldn't do. But there you were in a new pose, and it was really pushing your limits. Or, you know, pushing mm-hmm. your mind and think, like, what else, you know, wow, this is different. So what what out of that do you, um, you know, do you savor? Like, how do you relate that to the experience for your, your um, the people that you coach? Like, how do you relay that experience of having something different show up? Yeah, and I, this is leading into our third point from the previous episode in that you, for me, it's, you know, surrendering to the the present moment, like the the flow that you're in and being really grateful that I have like this one moment where I'm breathing heavy and I'm sweating and I'm trying to hold this new yoga pose for longer than I ever thought I would have to hold a yoga pose. <laughs> and I will I will never have like this this moment again, but I'm I'm aware of it and I'm conscious of it and it just builds this like mental um like I have this mental dialogue going on in my head like do I quit do I you know go into child's pose and then it's like no you're not dying like there's no sharp pain and it's like I'm I'm more than this like I can go a little bit more and step outside my comfort zone to expand just a little bit further and mm-hmm. I think you just have to um, have some type of awareness that you're doing this greatness for yourself by choosing to hold it and to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, I have been, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the NFL. My husband's a big football fan, and so we've been watching all of the, the changes that are happening to our teams and our our team's competition and you see the people who are um, lit up by the chance of change. You know, a new team, a new coach, uh, new players to work with, a new division sometimes. And then you see the people who are not so juiced by it. And mm-hmm. their intentions may be on, you know, I, I'm not living their life, so I'm not going to put it in there. But, for example, what if it is, you know, they're tied to the paycheck, to the amount, or something else is like the the prize versus the opportunity and and I don't know what that is for these players because I'm not in their world but you know you can kind of read something when you're seeing all this stuff flash through on television or through the media and what you hit on just now is that whole concept of gratitude and how powerful gratitude of being able to move your body, to be able to achieve something different, to even know when to pull back um, and say, you know right. what, I've pushed enough and now I need to, to give it a break. And that's okay. Not trying to keep up with anyone except what you feel inside mm-hmm. to motivate you and how that motivates you more. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, And how can... And, you know, what I constantly hear from, like, other coaches and other athletes and, you know, athletes that are adults now is that, you know, sports are supposed to be this paradigm for life. 
you know, we're supposed to participate, our kids are supposed to participate in sports because they learn amazing life lessons about themselves Mm -hmm. that can translate into um, their real world after they're done being elite or very active little people. You know, once they Mm -hmm. graduate high school, they might never play um, organized sports again. After they graduate college, they might never play um, on a serious team again. They might play, like, on co-ed leagues or pickup leagues or, you know, whatever, but they might never play, you know, serious sports um, for the rest of their lives. And that's a norm for millions of kids. Um, But what I keep seeing and I keep having these conversations with other coaches and, like, directors and board members of clubs and um, definitely other parents is, like, we've focused so much on kids' physical attributes that what we said earlier, like those lessons and those things that coaches should be appreciating in their kids, um, you know, how they handle that that situation or what they said to be a great teammate or how they carried themselves when, um, you know, another teammate took them out, you know, they walked away, you know, whatever it is that – about their handling of themselves, you know, that isn't being emphasized. What's being emphasized is, oh, you have to play on two teams, and then we expect you to play on your school team, so now you're practicing for 30 hours a week, and you have to get good grades in school. Um, So have fun. (laughs) Yeah, right. Try your best best to get a mental (laughs) Yeah. And, like, it's, it's this crazy notion that if you play 30 hours a week, you're going to make it to a D1 school and you're going to be, you might be, we hope that you will be um, a professional athlete and um, you don't, like, get addicted to drugs along the way because you're so overstressed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, like, I, you know, this has all been had conversations in like the past three weeks so it like really jacks me up um but I'm excited for this this um continuation of our our talk because I feel like this is getting into um more a lot deeper space for athletes and coaches and parents um to really use in their day-to-day lives and like why they need to be doing these things to you know bring this greatness um, and this um, balance to their lives as very active humans. Um, And so this first part was, you know, when, when you can listen to what your body requires to maintain that level of performance that all these athletes would like to, you know, sustain, um, you have to, you said that you have to initiate it from a deeper and more supporting space. And for you and I, you know, that's from your soul level. That's what our whole entire conversation was um, last episode. So how can you really step into that deep place of enjoyment and fun and, um, like, authenticity from, and the only way you can do that is really listening to yourself and what you want and your desire. So right. I I wanted to ask you, um, my first question, like, 
how how do we know what our bodies require? Like what like wh- why should we why should we listen to what our bodies need? Mm. This um you know the whole time you're talking I I you know I get my little my little dings of what you know the topic that I should focus on and I I kept hearing mm-hmm. the word embo- embodiment. And yeah. um for for young people they're just learning, you know, they're they're testing out their boundaries, their edges, they're finding out about the world. So embodiment probably is still in a very new space, but it can be modeled from the adult point of view. And, um, you know, that's having role models or or, um, your parents or your coaches, teachers, somebody that can give you that sense of wholeness and embodiment. Um, And I I, want to bring that word in because that is really about feeling complete within yourself so that you don't need to find that outside of you. And that's a big conversation <laughs> and a deep <Yeah>. one. <laughs> but to make it kind of a, a simple introduction, it's it's really being able to feel that you don't need to have somebody else give you that justification that you're okay, that you're um, that you're good enough, that you matter, that you are seen, and that you're heard. Those are things that, as young adults, they're you know you're really in a in a space you're in a laboratory finding out what all of that means in life and as a, a member of a team or participating in a sport that's structured you're getting an uh, a way to start to listen to those internal thoughts we all have them and they are this little tiny voice uh, that will just constantly kind of buzz in when you least expect it about, you know, wow, that was really, you know, you, you shoot for a goal and you miss it. And maybe that voice will step in uh, and say, you're stupid. How did you miss that? <laughs> or, man, you really let the team down with that one. And that little voice can get louder if it's not held in check by the fact that you know who you are that you know that it's okay to miss it and you're in, and that's where this growth mindset is really a supportive um practice to to help um make that internal conversation easier to understand and easier to process. Does that makes yeah. sense? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so that little voice that's constantly saying you're to this, you're to that, why do you do this, why do you do that, that little nagging part of us is there because that's part of our 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 developmental structure, that's part of our ego. It's the balance to all of this idea that we are just amazing human beings, amazing beings here on this earth doing amazing things. Otherwise, we'd be floating around completely oblivious to what we're doing. <laughs> so there. There is a good thing to have that little voice, but to know how to read it and to be like, yeah, I hear you, and yeah, I, you know, I, I still want to come back to like the the Super Bowl with the the Seattle Seahawks, and regardless of how that is actually playing out in real life, the guy, the quarterback, throws the pass and he he makes the wrong decision, and that costs the game. That feeling of wow, I really screwed that up can be really heavy. And if yeah. you take it as, 
you know, what did I, what was going on? Was I distracted? Was I nervous? Was I hearing so much and, and, I, and I reacted? You could process this in a way that's going to create a different vibration because that's ultimately what you're feeding your body is what type of vibration, what type of energy, what type of thought, is it positive, is it negative? There's no in-between, really. So the more that you can be positive through a not-so-great situation, the more you're going to feed that growth mindset and the more that you'll be able to be resilient in in life as it's shifting, as it's moving, as you're, and, and be okay when you, when you, you know, when things don't go your way, you can kind of bounce, you can bounce back quicker than if you make that internal dialogue the number one thing you listen to. Mm. Then that's spurring a whole negative energy. And that's where depression shows up. That's where um, our bodies can start to really absorb some of that. And that gets into a whole metaphysical level. But, you know, healing processes, if you have a positive outlook on your healing process, that's going to go faster. I don't have scientific proof on that, but I just know from my own mind, my own self, (laughs) that when I have been really down about an injury, it has perpetuated. Mm-hmm. Versus when I, you know, so it really yeah. comes down to an, a vibration. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about, I mean, there are studies out there that talk about the positive versus negative mindset of um, healing, and I think the one that's most predominant is um, when people are going through cancer treatments, and if they're supported by loved ones and who keep them in like a positive state of mind, they have you know, a percentage more likelihood to, you know, um, succeed and heal themselves from the cancer through the chemotherapy versus those who are, like, isolated alone. They have, like, a lower percentage of surviving. There, There is mm-hmm. something to be said about, you know, having a positive mindset and having the support um, on the powers of healing ourselves, for sure. Yeah. Um, so as much as we and, can manifest, we can also create. Uh, we can also create a paradox. So yeah. that's the next and thing I want to lead in. But I know you had a question. <laughs> yeah, I um, keep that in mind because I wanted to ask you. You know, what if we are coming from this? If we're coming from a negative viewpoint of our athletic selves, or maybe we have adults in our lives that are always harping on our physical capabilities and we missed that shot or we, you know, we were just off by seconds in the race, you know, and we have that outside dialogue and so we don't have those adults that might be supporting us or, you know, maybe we do, but we still have that little voice in our head that it's not so supportive and it's not so positive you know, how is that going to translate into how we care for ourselves? Mm. That's a huge, huge, um, it's a slippery slope. Being a young adult, you're also developing how you react to the world and what meaning you give to to experiences become how you live your life as an adult and into the future, right? So mm. if uh, if 
a young athlete is hearing these really negative um, or uh, not so fulfilling, not so growth oriented um, responses on their performance, you're also creating a sense of an ex- you're creating an experience for that child, for that young adult on how they make meaning of it. And each one will be different. Um, you know, it's not like a, a recipe, but it is pretty consistent on that if you have somebody telling you, wow, you know, a coach that yells at you for, um, you know, I'm really taking it to the extreme. I can't remember. Uh, there was a basketball coach that a few years ago got in a lot of trouble for the way he treated his his team. And though he was winning championships, it was um, terrified to be mm-hmm. Uh, to cross him, and I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but that experience is about making meaning of who you are as a person, and right. that is something that will affect people in the future. So, if a child has a sense of um, has somebody in their life, or has come into uh, you know the awareness of who they are, and they're strong in that. Um, they can move through that because the question is, you know, if somebody yells at me about this, you know, it's not really about me. It's about the situation. And that's tough with people that you live with. Um, It's a really slippery slope. (laughs) But if you, uh, as a coach or somebody, to be mindful of, you know, make sure that they know it's about the situation and not about them. Yeah. And I think as adults, and if we haven't come into that realization, it's hard for us to make that difference and communicate that to young adults, you know, because we're going to say, like, we might say something about the plays that were made out there and not say that it's, a you know, we're upset about the play, we're not upset at you as human beings in the situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we make mm-hmm. that clear enough um, during during these athletic events. Um, yeah. And while you were speaking, I... Um, man, I lost it. I was going to ask you something, <laughs> but it's okay. It'll come back to me. Um okay. So how, you know, with, oh, go ahead. I was also going to mention, like, the book, The Four Agreements, I think is, uh, you know, it might be a little bit of a tougher read for young athletes, but for probably, you know, senior, uh, you know, varsity level up to collegiate, The Four Agreements is a great book about, you know, just how to handle yourself in life through life stuff. And the first one is don't take everything personally. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is part of that awareness that that growing awareness that comes with maturity um but to model that first and foremost is you you become that person that that child that young adult will say wow you know coach flarity really showed me how what that meant and i get it now yeah um i remembered what i was going to ask but yeah not taking things personally is huge as an athlete and I know I've said it before, but my coach constantly was like, don't take what people say personally. Like, if they scream at you, it's not, they're not screaming at you. They're passing along information that you just need to listen to. You Like, you can't listen to how it's said. You just have to listen to, like, mm-hmm. the information 
that is said because we're in the heat of the moment and adrenaline is pumping. You know, you can't just take offense to how, you know, Colleen spoke at you in the moment because she needs you to do your job and mm-hmm. she was she was heated and she she needed you or whatever. And, yeah, it's that whole um, listen to what is said, not how it is said. Um, yeah. But coming back to what you said about athletes, taking what they experience and learn about themselves into the future, you know, I, from my own experience, it was really hard for me as a business owner to trust that things were going to happen when they were supposed to happen, and it wasn't under my control because as a very physical person who has been in the weight room since I was 14, and I, you know, I was pretty much in control of all my decisions up until I became a business owner. Like, I decided where I wanted to go to school and how I studied and if I got straight A's, um, if I participated in rec programs or, you know, whatever it may be. And then as soon as I became a business owner, it was like, oh, I can't force people to walk through my doors. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't, I can't like force other humans to listen to what I have to say and have them like me enough to refer me clients. Like that's not how it works. And now right. I'm in this world of like interaction as an adult and I was hit over the head with the fact that I had to really, um, release my grip on controlling and really working really hard to make it happen because as an athlete, I had to work really hard to make things happen. And Mm -hmm. that was my mindset. And Mm -hmm. I was constantly working hard and working hard, but then when you're not an athlete anymore, that mindset doesn't apply. And maybe, Maybe if you're in, like, a corporate setting, it might work where you work really hard to get noticed and move up and, you know, get the promotions and, you know, whatnot. But in my world of entrepreneurship, that just wasn't it. And that was a really big – I think it took me, like, two years to finally fully trust in the fact that the universe or God or goddesses, you know, that they were going to support me in this process and I didn't have to work so hard – in making it happen, I just needed to do what felt good for me um, and progressing and moving forward, but it didn't have to be like, you know, the grind of that we applied to when we were young athletes. So that is so true. Yeah. I think if you could, now. you could uh, write, you know, I think if you wrote a book about that experience, every single entrepreneur, anyone who, and you know, the corporate world has a little bit of that, but it depends on the industry you're going into, but definitely anyone opening their own business or running something on their, as a contractor, you, you definitely have that same experience and, and, brings us really to that concept of paradoxical intent, mm-hmm. um, which is that whole idea of manifestation, the law of, of, of attraction, the law of manifesting that. Sometimes when we're focused that that's the only thing that's going to make us happy, we actually create a vibrational energy that produces the opposite. And then instead of mm-hmm. success, 
forgetting failure and that frustration. And I, you know, it's like I'm reliving it with you because I've been through the same thing, <laughs> the same experience. And it's not until we can feel uh, that the attachment to whatever we're shooting for. So say in my case, you know, it's a similar thing, like opening your doors, opening your business. Why aren't people just locking in? I have this great message to share. Of, like I'm here and I have all the training and I've done all this stuff to get here. And then you're like, where is everyone? <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And so that uh, mindset had is an expectation to see we're already in right. that fixed mindset. So releasing that to growth, to which, you know, you said it took you two years. I'm probably in the same time frame, that two, two and a half year. Um, I think I've taken 42 to really get there and then two to process it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I'm here. And um, so then going into that growth mindset, so everything we've talked about to this point, releasing the expectation and going for the intention. What's my message? What's my gift? What am I really amazing at? And how can I share that with people who are also searching for the same? And in that shift, you have now taken that intent from I'm going to open my doors and people are going to show up and I'm going to make my business profitable and I'm going to be able to utilize all the skills I did as an athlete, and I'm going to be able to do the same thing in a business owner, you've adjusted that that intent to produce um, really by surrendering, like you did. You said you surrendered. Mm-hmm. You're creating that growth in that space for something to show up, and that is the trust. And all I can think of is... Um, from my field hockey days, like you're going down the field and I was a fullback and I'd see that right wing come right at me and I could feel my heels like, okay, I got to get ready. I got to get ready. I got to make sure that I don't, you know, she doesn't fake me out and I got to get that hockey, you know, the ball from her. And, you know, many times she got past me because I was in that, say, that was the only thing I was thinking about versus like, okay, I'm going to do in that intention, like how do I create this so I move forward? And I didn't know how to articulate that as a high schooler. Um, and now I'm in ballet class and I'm I'm doing um, stuff, I'm uh, doing a, a solo that is really challenging to me and I have four months to do it. But it's also I'm in this growth mindset. I'm not held to the expectation that I'm going to make it look like someone from the Bolshoi Ballet. I'm going to make mm-hmm. it look like what's on me. So there's that place yeah. of surrender that you can you can have the magic happen, and you're happier. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're there for yeah. the ride, right? And you're. So when I when I think of all the athletes that are practicing for 30 hours per week or playing, you know, they've already played like 20 games in 2015 and we're only in March, you know, this really brings up this point of like why, like they're in the expectation, not the mind or not the processing mindset. Like, not the experience mindset. Like we're mm-hmm. we're striving for the expectation of being a superstar athlete, not hey, let's create a well balanced kid who 
is good at her sport, but also has time to live her life as a 14-year-old. Like, yeah. it's two different things because then she wouldn't be practicing 30 hours a week in one sport. She would be practicing 10, and in her free time, which she now has, she's able to um, take dance lessons or read a book or join a club, a science club, or, you know, all these different things that really allow her to get to this soul level um, of her human existence, not her athlete existence. And, mm-hmm. is, you know, she's allowed to surrender and create the space to to thrive. And, um, you know, she's not attached to, you know, this expectation of being a collegiate athlete or a professional athlete. She's just there working as hard as she can to be her best. Right. Quality over quantity. And and I think one of the lessons I can take from my journey on many levels is that, um, (laughs) you know, you want to work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. And being in a middle age right now, and so I'm seeing an older generation, my parents' generation, and, and, um, who are really like my my generation's grandparents level, but to see them in their 80s and 90s and what's important. And, yeah, it was the times. My dad talking about growing up out in Vancouver, uh, fishing and building a rowboat, and, and, and actually that's the rowboat they went fishing on, camping, um, playing rugby. These are the things that create a dynamic life. So mm-hmm. you can be... Um, and, you know, the, to be a professional, yeah, there is a level of dedication to go with that. But also, you, you know, you don't want to injure yourself. And that's what overtraining will do. Um, and getting into that, again, that kind of paradoxical intent, you're you're inviting uh, a really cozy space for negative stuff to hang out. Mm-hmm. being you know, in that surrender to the experience, being in the moment, enjoying the ride, feeling the growth potential from that, um, that's that's living. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. And that's how you get, that's how you cross-train at the soul level. And that's what we've been talking yeah. about over these past two episodes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny when people talk about soul stuff, they get really shut down, like, uh, you know, but we all have it. I mean, you wouldn't want somebody to say, wow, you don't have a soul. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but we get so afraid to even acknowledge that this vibrant side of us is so alive and it's so powerful because it usually functions at a very unconscious level. We're not thinking about our breathing or our heart beating, uh, you know, in normal exertion. So our soul is very similar. It's working on this beautiful, rich canvas that we are as human beings, and yet we 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 get freaked out when we say, "Well, what do you mean cross training at the soul level? That doesn't make." <laughs> That's that's weird, <laughs> but it's it's yeah. really be, 
coming clean and clear with who you are and allowing all of you to show up on the field or in the swimming pool or on the tennis court. And that time period, like you said, like not everyone's going to maintain a sport through the whole life, but it's going to give you that clarity at something at that age Mm -hmm. to, to take you through your entire life. Right. And I think a lot of young athletes, you know, they they hit upon something that makes them really happy when they are within the athletic setting. It may or may mm-hmm. not be um, seen or accepted once they, like, express that. So, like, maybe you're an athlete and you realize that, oh, you know, you really like the, you know, your athletic trainer. So that's what you, like, want to become as an athletic trainer to keep in line with sports, but you may or may not get that support. So you do, like, you do find out what you love and what you don't like when you're in this very active um, environment. But I think it's our job as adults in this arena to just up our game so that we are allowing these young people to explore and have that opportunity to tap into what brings them joy and um, that intuitive side. Like, we need to talk about it more because I know you, I mean, it's not like you're going, because I'm I'm a soccer player, so I just use this as a reference, like, you go out on the field and you're not like, okay, I'm center mid. I have to stay in the middle of the field. Oh, the ball's coming. I need to trap it. Okay, it's on the ground. Okay, now I need to look up and pass it. Like, you're not consciously thinking of what you need to be doing. Like, practice has allowed you to intuitively do these things without even thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. that's, like, that's what we're talking about, like this higher self um, that we use every day as athletes and humans this is how you dive deeper into um, knowing yourself is what we've been talking about here today in last episode. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't be afraid of it, like you said. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I'm probably one of those few people that I get excited when people are like, oh, my God, I'm so afraid. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it, <laughs> you know, because I yeah. see the gold in it. I see the richness that is the potential for that that person to face a fear, to face something um, within themselves in a really supported and safe way that will absolutely change the way they approach that situation the next time. Just like you said with practice, you practice and practice and practice to learn how to navigate when things aren't perfect. And that's Mm -hmm. what this conversation is definitely about. I have a a story to share, a real-life one. so at my dance studio, several of the uh, younger girls are in competitions, dance competitions. And one girl said that she wanted to do it, and you have to prepare four solos. Of, I don't know the length, but say they're around two to three minutes each. And um, she had not a lot of time to do it, and the, in, in the um, director of our studio was you know, like up for the challenge, but she said it's going to be work, and the girl stuck to it. She practiced, she showed up, she kept in the mode, 
and she got, um, there was a little glitch in getting the video in on time, but she got on the waiting list. So out of that, I was like, wow, you know, you went for a national competition and you got on the waiting list. And she goes, yeah, but I didn't get in. And I said, does that really matter? What matters? What, you know, you you prove, prove to yourself that you can make the grade. You know, you can be on a team. You can participate in a competition. If you're on a waiting list or not, does that really make any meaning onto who you are? Because it was the effort that you put in. And to see her blush, because it, it's like it came over her like a wave, and to see her cheeks turn bright red and say, I'm, I'm scared to say that that was good enough. So there is an opportunity to see um, in a real, I mean, she's 15, and to see like how that moment was crucial for someone like me and, and the director too and her mother. Everyone was, you know, in the same conversation. And to, that's the moment we get in and we say, that is good enough. And I um, so there's, yeah. <laughs> I know. And I was so, you know, we're like, you know, ecstatic. And she's like, I don't get it. And that's when we, that's as where as adults we can show her how to model that and how to receive it. Mhm. And yeah, absolutely. And like those are the moments too where I feel like as adults where we are pulled to say something, but sometimes we don't because we're unsure of how it might sound or be taken, but we really do need to like step up into that space and say that. Like say like you are enough. That was mm-hmm. what you what you are and it was beautiful just like you said like does it matter what the end result is like what did you go through within this time frame to really show yourself what you're made of right and this is not her first love her first passion is the violin an instrument so there she is you know juggling two things and finding space to be successful in both Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Gave me chills. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Oh, well, is there anything else you'd like to add and wrap up with? I think that's it, man. It's just, um, it's a, you know, for people listening and receiving this and, and maybe, you know, feeling questions around it, you know, Colleen is such a beautiful resource. Please reach out to her and, um, you know, I, I I think what the message is nowadays is about creating creating fulfilled people. Like we're beyond the stage of existence where it's just you grow through you grow up and you get a job and you get married or whatever that looks like. It's just one path. We're really in a, an age of reinvention and and wonder and discovery of like what else can you be? What else is inside mm-hmm. of you? So I know uh, based on just how I know you and, um, you know, you know, uh, parents out there that are and um, just really utilize people like you because that's dynamic and that's going to change your child's life in a very positive and fulfilling way. Thank you. You're welcome. 
All right. So for all of our listeners out there, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. I'd like to thank Brenda for coming on again, and hopefully um, you'll come on more than once again, multiple times in the future. <laughs> might honor. Continue, continue to have these uh, very juicy, rewarding um, conversations for all of our listeners. So thank you, and until next Saturday, I hope everyone has um, an amazing week ahead of them. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye.